Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by AdOmni. AdOmni, the easy way to sell billboards online, out-of-home, in your hands. Today's guest is Nancy Fletcher. Nancy has been president and CEO of the Out-of-Home Advertising Association of America, or OAAA, for 28 years. She has a BA and an MBA from the University of Minnesota and a JD from Hamlin School of Law. She started her out-of-home career in 1978 with Nagley Outdoor Advertising in the Twin Cities. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you, Dave, and congratulations on your new podcast. Thank you so much. Nancy, the OAAA recently changed its name from the Outdoor Advertising Association of America to the Out-of-Home Advertising Association of America. I think semantics matters. Can you explain the change? Sure, I'd be delighted. It was Tom Norton of Norton Outdoor in Cincinnati who suggested this change last October at the OAAA Executive Committee meeting. He thought it would be better to keep pace with changes that have taken place in media and the marketplace for most people, the term outdoor has come to be the definition for billboards, and out of home is the definition for the overall medium that includes billboards, transit displays, street furniture displays, and place-based out of home. So it was Tom who said, it's time to make this change, and then the OAAA board agreed with him. So the name change basically reflects OAAA's mission to represent all the different out-of-home formats, static and digital, that display messages outside the home. Most people won't see a very big difference, though, because the the well-known acronym OAAA remains the same, as does the logo, as does the important mission of the OAAA. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it recognizes a world where Nancy, I think now one in 10 ad dollars come from digital place-based advertising, and almost a third of the out-of-home market consists of place-based or transit, and it seems like a lot of transit is not strictly outdoors. It may be in a transit station or inside a bus or, you know, an airport, so it seems to recognize an expansion in in a new part of the market. Yes, and also a clarification, because that transit might be inside, but it is always outside the home or away from home. Correct. Nancy, you've announced you'll be retiring from the OAAA at the end of 2019 after leading the association for almost three decades. What have been the industry's biggest accomplishments over your tenure? Hmm, that's a that's a big (laughs) question, Dave. (laughs) In 15 words or less. Oh, got it. Well, let's just start with because of the this change in the in the name of OAAA. I think the industry today is meeting the expectations of its moniker out of home. It's diverse, it's omnipresent, it really can't be missed if you're away from home, and it's really an integral or core aspect of any really effective ad campaign. Over these last almost 30 years, I think the industry has reinvented itself. Today, it's data rich, it's measured, it has an exciting variety of -of out-of-home formats that are digital or static. And in that time, out-of-home revenues have tripled while other traditional media is declining. I'd also like to talk about the government affairs side. The industry over the last three decades has done an effective job of 
turning what were government and community skeptics into many cases, actual partners of the industry. We won that important fight for just compensation on Capitol Hill and then took it out to all of the states. All 46 states that have billboards now have just compensation protection for state roads. We beat back a statewide referendum in Missouri that would have spread to other states and we would have been having that fight if we hadn't been successful. We achieved a green light for digital billboards and rolled out a regulatory framework that is working at the federal level and at the state level. We won a court challenge then when Scenic America was unhappy with that regulatory framework and tried to stop digital billboards via litigation. We were successful in that court challenge by the OAAA intervening on behalf of the industry. Over this time period, we also have forged a lot of new partnerships with government entities like the FBI and FEMA and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to deliver emergency messages, as well as new public partnerships with organizations that promote the arts, promote conservation, promote national parks, and save endangered species. A lot of those folks 30 years ago might have been skeptics about the out-of-home industry. And in fact, we're working right now on a partnership with Earth Day. Earth Day next year will mark its 50th anniversary, and it's often thought of as the birth of the modern environmental movement in 1970 when Dennis Hayes founded Earth Day. And we're working on a program with them for this April 22nd, and then also next year during the 50th anniversary. Wow. Oh, wow. And it, it seems like there's been a shift in the government agencies viewing out of home as something that needs to be regulated, a nuisance to something that can be a resource. It can help find a missing child. Like you say, it can help publicize a local community event. It can get out, as happened during the California fires, critical public safety messages. Exactly. And when that awful bombing happened in Boston during the Boston Marathon, the medium was there working with FEMA in telling people where to go. The medium is really responding almost within the minute when it's needed. Mm-hmm. Nancy, is there a search going right now to replace you? And what characteristics do you think are need- will be needed for the next president of the OAAA to help the industry thrive? Yes, a search is in the works for the next president and CEO of the OAAA. It's being led by a search committee that's made up of members of the OAAA Executive Committee, chaired by OAAA Chairman Sean Riley of Lamar, and supported by consultant Rafkin and Company. Um, The search committee is actually planning to conduct interviews in late March, so the time is ripe now for your listeners to make any recommendations for the next leader of the OAAA. If someone wanted to do that, please send me an email and I'll make sure that it gets to the committee and to the consultants involved. The profile for the next president is based on work that was done last year through a broad cross-section of interviews that were conducted with lots of industry stakeholders in 2018. The search right now is focused on a media veteran who would have the vision and passion and can help guide the industry in this changing, especially digitally focused landscape. Perfect. Nancy, can you talk about some key challenges impacting the out-of-home industry right now? Sure. I mean, I, I think an overriding thought is that 
whenever you ask someone about challenges is to put it in perspective. And main challenge for all business and certainly all media, including out of home, is change. And we're seeing change in how the information moves. We're seeing change in how people move. And we're seeing change in how advertisers are connecting to consumers. I think the out-of-home media industry is well-positioned for the future. But underneath that big umbrella of change, there are some things happening that we need to keep an eye on and keep working with over time. And one of those will be the use of data while respecting privacy. Ultimately, I think respect for privacy is something that we're going to see as good business practice for all businesses, not just out-of-home media companies and, and our advertisers. And in the broad scheme of the data world, in the advertising world, out-of-home is a, is a small user of the data compared to other media formats, but our products are extremely visible. Privacy looks like it will be an increasingly an emerging political issue with the recent enforcement in new enforcement in Europe. And California has a new law that is poised to take effect next year. We even think it's possible that privacy could come up during the debates in the primaries for the presidential campaign for 2020. Hmm. The out-of-home industry has made progress on self-regulation our challenge is to stay ahead of the privacy debate, but so far the out-of-home industry has updated its code of industry principles and has developed guidelines to respect privacy. Terrific. Nancy, let's take a pause right here for a message from our sponsor. Ad Omni increases your billboard revenue by selling unsold ad space at top dollar. Whether you have Watchfire for Medco or Dactronics billboards, Ad Omni easily integrates. Get started selling in as little as one business day on the fastest growing out-of-home network of over 60,000 digital screens. Visit adomni.com or call 844-ADOMNI to speak with an AdOmni billboard specialist. Mention this Billboard Insider podcast to receive one free year of AdOmni's white-labeled booking engine on your website. Nancy, what else is out there? What other big challenges are there for the industry? Well, we have a big case before the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals that's the, called the Thomas case, and it asks whether billboard law is constitutional for free speech reasons. The case comes out of Tennessee, and it's important because it may actually make its way all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Our stake, the industry stake in this case, is nothing less than the protection of property rights that are included in the current law, in the Higher Beautification Act and the mirror laws. We expect a ruling from the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals later this year, so stay tuned on that one. Nancy, is the risk that, to me, it's sort of like you're better with the devil you know than the devil you don't. If, if for whatever reason, Thomas overturns the entire federal regulatory apparatus, is the risk that everything's up for potential negotiation and for being rewritten. So we have a we have a regulatory scheme that seems to work and is predictable, and it would just throw things into chaos and who knows what could emerge. That That is a possibility. The Thomas case itself revolves around the Tennessee 
Highway Beautification Mirror Act. Mm -hmm. And so if the Sixth Circuit does something, it would affect Tennessee and also the other states in that circuit. But Mm -hmm. if it ultimately would go to the U.S. Supreme Court and the Supreme Court would say that that language is unconstitutional for free speech reasons, we then would have to go in to figure out how to repair that. And that would lead us to the High Beautification Act. And the great balance in the High Beautification Act that was constructed in the 60s was to say that billboards would be in commercial and industrial areas where other business takes place. And government, if you want to remove those billboards, you have to pay just compensation for them. And so it could upset that balance that has been in place for several decades. I got it. Attribution has been a big focus for the old AAA. Why don't you talk about attribution issues? Yeah, attribution research is important to our marketers. It helps them to understand how out-of-home impacts their objectives or their KPIs. We have research underway right now with a grocery brand and a quick service restaurant brand. That attribution research will be released at the conference in May, and then we'll be doing additional attribution studies in the future. We want to have a a whole menu of these. And and Nancy, does, does attribution mean basically being able to prove a link between the actual billboard ad and an outcome? Exactly. For instance, an out-of-home message, one type or another, or a format, one type or another, may do better with a clear call to action. Mm -hmm. And a certain campaign might do better driving foot traffic. And so it's in order to get these kind of benchmarks that we're doing this study, these studies, and then In addition, the companies are doing a lot of attribution work as well, and we've been collecting those attribution studies from the out-of-home media companies, and we're working with a professor in Texas who's going to study all of these attribution studies in order to begin to develop benchmarks for out-of-home attribution. To me, it points to an incredible resource OAAA provides for the industry in doing big picture and, and facilitating big picture industry research and then communicating to operators in the industry and to agencies and ad buyers the value of out-of-home. Exactly. Smart cities. seems There seem to be a million smart city conferences going on. What's the OAAAs doing with respect to smart cities? Well, the OAAA held a conference last year with all of the stakeholders in smart cities to understand where the whole movement is and also where it will be going over the next few years and where and how does out-of-home fit into it. Our challenge will be to adapt as a medium as cities morph into smart cities so that we continue to be relevant, a relevant agent in the Mm -hmm. delivery of information. There's revenue sharing. There are all kinds of things going on. And it's really very similar to our goal with autonomous vehicles because ultimately smart cities and autonomous vehicles actually wind up being part of a similar thing. And so our challenge there also will be to adapt so that we continue to be relevant as these new technologies and and new things move along. Mm -hmm. Cannabis. Talk about cannabis, cannabis advertising issues. Cannabis is a 
growing category in those states where it's legal to advertise cannabis. It's still not legal at the federal level, but attitudes clearly have changed and are changing. If I remember, Nancy, is it that 10 states permit cannabis advertising, make marijuana legal, and another 30 states permit medical marijuana? Many of these states allow cannabis advertising in some fashion or another. That's exactly right. You have the metrics exactly right. And I think we're going to see a trend to more and more states legalizing recreational and medical cannabis, and therefore the demand for advertising will increase. And so our challenge in navigating this new category will be similar to the way that we navigate with alcohol advertising, where it'll be important to balance community standards with the right to promote a legal product. Sometimes just because you can doesn't mean you should. You need to have an internal filter or your own ability, basically a set of internal guidelines as to what is and is not acceptable. That's right. And you have no idea, Dave, over the years, how many times I have said that, that exact phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's sinking in, Nancy. The uh, annual out-of-home media conference is coming up May 20th to 22nd in Las Vegas. What are some of the big themes and why should someone in out-of-home plan to attend? Well, it's going to be amazing. It's at the Aria Resort in Las Vegas. We'll celebrate the best creative awards with the Obies and our best people with the industry awards. But we're going to be inspiring all kinds of new ways of thinking and understanding, for instance, why hot brands are migrating to out of home. Nick Bryan from Densis Aegis is the keynote speaker, and he is going to talk about why out of home is a majestic brand. That's his term. We mm. also have Amazon Studios marketing head with us, who, and Amazon is, by the way, the sixth largest out of home advertising. So you'll be able to talk with him and understand why tech brands like Amazon are using out of home. We'll also, though, be doing a fair amount of education and translation with new trends or emerging trends. Programmatic is a big theme on the main stage and in the workshops. Uh, we have direct-to-consumer businesses who will be talking about why they're using out-of-home. We're also going to be talking about diversity, inclusivity, and what that means for the workplace and the marketplace. The planning committee has been really wonderful for this conference. They're very focused on take-home value of the content. In fact, a tagline for the conference is, don't let it stay in Vegas. So they will have take-home sheets with take-home concepts, for instance, at the workshops. The afternoon workshops follow four tracks. There are 12 different workshops that are in the areas of analytics and business insights and data and thought leadership. And then, of course, um, it will be my last conference, so I hope to see everyone there. Absolutely. This is your chance to wish Nancy well. You can't overestimate the value of the meet and mingle aspect of the conference. I remember two years ago in New Orleans, I was sitting in the front waiting for a talk to begin. And a gentleman walked up to me, shook my hand, sat down next to me and said, hi, I'm Sean Riley. I mean, all the executives are there. Everyone seems to go. And it's just the meet and mingle is just a terrific opportunity. I agree. I I often think that as wonderful and rich as the content is, there's a lot of business that takes place and a lot of contacts that are made as well that are equally valuable. 
Absolutely. Nancy, you mentioned diversity. Can you talk about where the out-of-home industry is doing a good job giving women opportunities? Sure. I'd be delighted. I actually think we've made progress, but we need to do more. If you look at it from just a metrics perspective, I would guess the out-of-home industry has done as good a job or better than much of the advertising or corporate world in giving women opportunities, but that doesn't mean it's good enough. I remember when I entered the industry in 1978, there were four, four women wow. women in senior positions. Wow. And now there are hundreds. You had a piece on and Billboard Insider about almost 400 women in senior positions. And I think it was 58 who are actually running. Correct. Different operations. Was that right? Correct. You also published a story about how the out of home, the public out of home media companies are doing better than the Fortune 500 for the number of women directors. So if you looked at it on just a metrics, we're probably doing as good as, but that doesn't mean it's where it should be. Where can we do better? Yes, we can do, definitely do better. And diversity and inclusivity will be a central theme at the Las Vegas conference. We've partnered with the Female Quotient, which is a female-owned enterprise that's committed to advancing equality in the workplace. So they're going to add important programming elements, including a female quotient lounge that will be a side stage that has panel discussions, career counseling, etc. And then the CEO of the female quotient, Shelly Zalis, is going to be on the main stage talking to CMOs from two or three Fortune 500 companies, who will, and they'll be discussing the importance of diversity in today's ad business. Terrific. Uh, you know, if I could do my nudge, I think the national statistics are that women own 39% of all privately held firms in the United States. If you assume, and the numbers may vary, I have 600 independent out-of-home companies in my database. Perhaps I've heard it's as high as 1,000. But if you apply a 39% metric to 600 to 1,000 firms, we, we could add a lot of women owners. We still have room, and maybe that's a nudge to the industry to be able to add to the amount of women owners in the industry. So we have a strong bench with uh, several hundred women in senior executive positions. There's, a, there's an incredibly strong bench. So the, now the challenge is to move people from the bench out to actually running the team. I agree. I agree. And I think shining a spotlight on this issue for not only women, but also people of color can make a difference. Mm -hmm. The more we talk about it, the more we measure it, the more we, we may be inclined to take action towards something. Exactly. Nancy, you've had an incredible almost 30-year career in out-of-home. Who have been some of your mentors and what have you learned? Oh, goodness. What a question. I've been blessed by some amazing personal and professional mentors. On the personal side, my mentors have been largely women, starting with my mother, who was a remarkable businesswoman, and several other women over the years. I treasure all that I learned from them. I also, though, am forever grateful for what I think of as my professional mentors, my out-of-home mentors. And it's actually 40 years this year, Dave, because I went amazing. to Nagley in 1978. Wow. And so those mentors, I have just learned so much. I have been so blessed by working with Bob Nagley originally, who 
I think, helped to reinvent this business back in those days from being a highway sign business to an ad medium. He taught me the power of out of home, but also the power of urgency. He was someone who said, you know, you just don't wait till tomorrow to do what you can do today. Artie Moretto brought deep discipline and a service orientation to the business that I learned a great deal from. I couldn't answer this question without mentioning Carl Eller and his focus on the creative impact of the medium. Bill Applebaum, who is one of the best salesmen ever in any business, and he sort of lived the principle, and I learned from him that nothing happens until a sale is made. All of the Rileys are super savvy business people, and I've worked closely with Kevin Sr. and then Kevin Jr. and now Sean Riley, who is my boss as chairman of the OAAA. And then maybe most important of all, I'm grateful for the many family-owned company leaders who are really like family to me, people like Tom Norton, who has been on the OAAA board since the day I arrived, who has taught me so much and who always wants to do it right, always wants to serve the community. And by the way, I've never had a Christmas go by that Tom Norton doesn't call to wish me Merry Christmas. Oh. So these, these, these people have become family over the time, as well as mentors, teachers, leaders. It, it is, you can go on and on, the number of quality private firms in the business. It just That's every, right. Every state has one. That's right. Nancy, what's, what's next for you? <laughs> well, first of all, I, I want to take all of these next months to thank this industry and on this podcast today, this industry has given me such unforgettable opportunities. I've had a great ride and I wouldn't trade a single day of it, even the most challenging day. Um, But after 40 years, it's time for a change. I'm ready for more time with my husband who has already retired. This may sound a little corny, but we wake up every day and celebrate the fact that we're together And we'd be idiots if we didn't feel that way because we're so lucky. We love each other. Mm. We're healthy. We have choices. Looking at retirement, there are two words that come to mind, adventures and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have grandchildren in Minneapolis and in Chicago. I also anticipate some corporate board service, which I've had to decline because I've been in this role in the past. And so I think I'll do some of that. Terrific work on some nonprofits. Terrific. Do you have any other parting words? Oh, if I had parting words, my hope for the industry is that all of you would remember to stick together and push yourselves to do even better all the time for our customers, our communities, and the public. That concludes our conversation. Thank you so much for appearing on the podcast, Nancy. My pleasure. Good luck, Dave. Thank you. And thanks to Lucas Jones for editing and production. This episode was sponsored by Adomni. Adomni, the easy way to sell billboards online, out of home, in your hands. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or TuneIn. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please join me in a couple weeks when I interview Melody Roberts of Out of Home Creative on how to design effective out-of-home ads. See you then.